so so we are uh live at this moment i i believe we are live at this moment it was just kind of a like a rush at the very end of all of this but but it's very appropriate though i will tell you super appropriate at this moment uh because if you think about it whoever's watching at this moment today today we are celebrating one year of covid 19. so you would expect things to go pretty bad right like i i <laughs> Actually, today, thankfully, nothing bad has happened so far. But, but guys, yeah, literally, it's been a year. And if it wasn't for COVID, I don't even know if we start this. Honestly, you know. So, uh, so here we are. Oh, Andrew, we can't hear you. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me. Uh, we're unmuted. Yeah, there you go. I didn't even know how you were gonna come in with that intro because you sounded like you were. You're gonna about to. I was like, man, are you really gonna get that excited about COVID? I thought you were going in a different direction. No, no, I'm I'm not that excited. By the way, um, Andrew, your volume is a little bit low. Uh, so you know if you can, if you can raise it up. You may have to just mess around with the settings there. Um, but uh, guys, gotta let me know if uh, you guys can hear me good too. We can we can hear you well. We can hear you well. And same thing with anybody that is watching us. By the way, today also marks a very important moment in Keep Calm Admin on history. Okay, very important moment. Took us almost a year to figure it out, but today we are live on YouTube and Facebook. Nice. Okay, on YouTube <laughs> and Facebook. So if you are on Facebook, I hopefully if you are watching us on Facebook, if you're watching us live, uh, you know, send, send us a message so we know that your messages are coming in and, and the chat mm -hmm. is coming in. Uh, I know YouTube is working. We got uh, our missing uh, individual, Jason, uh, <laughs> who uh, who says happy Sabbath. At least we know he's alive, which is good. Okay. Uh, and unfortunately, Jason got caught in some uh, some weather and mountain roads and he has not been able to make it back. Uh, but uh, we wish him the best, and he may be joining us a little bit later. Um, and yeah, and Michelle <laughs> and Michelle Elliott Smith uh, says they come from the east and west. Nice, happy Sabbath. There you go. Nice. So, uh, Michelle's here from remember from New York. She's uh, I think she's in New York City. You see, see, we're, we, this is this is this is becoming a, a national movement here. That uh, we're we're still we're super small. Whatever. Calm but, down, you know, bro, calm down. You know, it's crazy that you say uh, this this time this year. Uh, Actually, uh, um, May thirteenth was the 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 day that Brenda and I moved from California here to New York. Man, uh, exactly tomorrow a year, you know, and it's crazy how how things change so quickly yeah. in in less than a year. Oh, for sure, for sure. And look, and I, I just got to uh, recognize this comment because Michelle is saying exactly what we're talking about. One year ago today, I taught my second graders in the building for the last time. Mercy. Wow. Take anything for granted. Like literally, our world has just gone backwards, right? And it's just been upside down, and it's been up and down, and all the emotions that come along with that. It's been a crazy year for sure. Super there crazy. There are two comments I, I think you, you should mention. One of them is from the Dominican Republic. Uh, they're both on YouTube. I don't know if you can see them. Uh, yes, from, fa from, fa from Facebook. Facebook. From Facebook. So we got yeah. uh, Adiel Matos uh, saying blessings, Pastor Abisai from Dominican Republic. Dominican Pray that God use you, to, uh, powerful to bless others. By the way. Uh, he was working out in my district, so he was working out in uh, Rialto Church. Did a great job out there. I don't, uh, Hadiel, I don't know if you're still out there. I think you're not because I, I, I received a message from him uh, about an event that they were doing. Uh, we also got from Facebook, Happy Sabbath from Rochester, New York. And I don't know. Are you guys related, Martin? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my mom right there. Oh, Hi, and mom. my son. And oh. my son. Yeah. There you go. And yeah. mind you, uh, Jennifer Gerline, she's one of my church members at the Bay Knoll Seventh-day Adventist Church, so. Very Say nice. Say hello to both her and her husband, uh, Bob Gerline, as well. Very, very, very nice. We want to welcome uh, the the Gerline family. I guess is what, what we'd say, right? In this mm -hmm. case, and 
uh, and anybody that may be watching us live or if you're going to be watching us later. Uh, but again, today is, in fact, March 12, 2021, year of our Lord. And we want to welcome <laughs> all of you, all of you to another Keep Calm and have an on uh, conversation. Um, again, Jason should be joining us hopefully a little bit. If not, we do wish him safe returns home because uh, that, that's important, obviously, especially when it, when the roads are icy. Um, and if you are watching us, we are on YouTube and Facebook. And so we invite you to share it with your friends. Have an interesting conversation today that I think will be very, very important. Hey, guys, can, how are you guys can doing? I say, can I say something? Yeah. You know, I'm finding it hard. Now I don't know where to go to. Do I go to the YouTube comments or to the Facebook comments? Does that mean I have to get a, an iPad or something, or what do I gotta do to stay uh, well, up to? If you look at if you look at Mitchell's setup, he's got like four screens. I don't know what your setup is, Martin. <laughs> I have one, but I have I have like uh, YouTube and my notes for today's conversation, like on half of the screen, and then I have okay. Facebook on my phone. So I'm I'm seeing all the comments that are coming out on Facebook on my phone, and on my computer screen, I'm seeing both the the YouTube comments. There you go. Yeah. There you go, and and look, you, yeah, you gotta you gotta update yourself, Andrew. You got you gotta get multiple screens hey, going there's, on. There's only so much you can do on a 13 inch screen, huh? Hey, well, <laughs> you could always get a monitor. I'm just saying, you could always get a monitor. But, anyways, um, guys, hopefully you guys are doing well. Uh, and honestly, for all of you that are watching us, we hope that today is going to be a blessing. And today may even challenge challenge mm. some of the ideas that we have. Not so much of those out there, but even some of the things that we believe within church, some of the things, some ideas that have crept in maybe, or that are lingering certain things that, that belong to a secular world for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, we, uh, we want to jump into this conversation. And again, we always invite you to be part of the conversation. We can't promise we're going to get to every comment, but generally we can get to most comments. And, um, and, you know, again, just to make sure we're getting the messages coming in, we got a happy Sabbath from Jose Ocampo. He says, God bless you right there. Uh, and my wife, Angie, uh, thankfully she's watching. Uh, that's, I think that's a good sign, right? Uh, but she is also saying happy Sabbath. And if you're watching us today, definitely shoot us a happy Sabbath. I think it is happy Sabbath across the North American continent, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so uh, with that being said, Martin, can you lead sure. us in to this conversation with a word of prayer. We need to jump into this ASAP. So, of course. Uh, so go ahead, lead us in prayer. All right, let's uh, let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, um, we are so thankful that uh, we've come to the end of the week. We are so thankful now that we are entered into your Sabbath hours, Lord. Uh, thank you because we can come closer to you on this wonderful day. Lord, I pray that as we now open up into our discussion for tonight, Lord, that your Holy Spirit may guide us, Lord, Remove any uh, evil influences, Lord, both from us who are who are speaking and also those who will be listening, Lord. I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit may guide us to just shed light on truth that you've already um, shown us, Lord. Um, we want to thank you for this opportunity. We want to praise you, Lord, both now and at the end of this conversation. And I pray, Father, that everybody, us and everybody that's watching us, that we come to one conclusion that the name of Jesus is the name of above, above all names, and he is only worthy, he is the only one worthy of praise, honor, and glory. Thank you again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for that, Martin. So again, we want to jump into this conversation. And you know, we may have to do a little defining to begin with, right? Because oh. I think that's going to be very important. But in case you didn't see the promo, um, our conversation today is titled Worship at the altar 
of men. Now, I was trying to go gender neutral here, and I was trying to say worship at the altar of humans, but it just didn't have the same ring. And so, you know, but but you guys kind of get the idea. Men in the biblical sense, humanity in the in in, in the biblical sense. If you guys are following me here, um, and essentially what we want to talk today is about humanism. Now, let me just make the connection here. Last week, if you or not last week, uh, two weeks ago, when we spoke about the mark of the beast, and we were having this conversation about the mark of the beast, there's an emphasis on the mark of the beast towards humans or it says in fact that it is not only the name of the beast but it is also the number of man mm -hmm. and so it is natural that when we study the mark of the beast we begin to ask how then does the mark of the beast manifest itself in many different ways and one of these ways is what we're talking today which is in humanism um now humanism is a very complex topic so we're going to jump there in fact simply asking one question to uh andrew to Martin, to myself and feel free to chime in if you have some expertise in this area as well and the question is simple the question is what is humanism what is humanism and guys i know you guys have done your research on this and i just kind of want to hear what 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 you have to say and uh see what's what's going on in regards to this idea of humanism yeah um yeah you know uh when you're talking about humanism i think there was i'm not sure about you mish when you're coming up with the promo but at least for me when i was putting uh uh kind of a, a little bit of a summary of what we're going to be talking about in in the promo i on purpose did not use the word humanism just for the fact that i didn't know if everybody knew exactly what that was or someone could be like humanism well I, I don't, i'm not sure what exactly that that means and when it comes to this term humanism i think there's there's like you said, there's so many spectrums that we can hit uh, with just that word. And I think that uh, especially when it comes to this topic, we have to make sure we have our definitions right mm -hmm. to see exactly what it is. I guess either we're against or we're for or, or, or all the, uh, the the details. Right. Because we don't want to be saying something that we're not right. So we want to make sure we get all the terms out the way. So um, I, I have a a couple of definitions here that we can go. I'll just go. Uh, I'll just say one right here that I found that I thought was interesting. It says an outlook or system of thought attaching prime importance to human rather than divine or supernatural matters. It says humanist believes beliefs stress the potential value and goodness of human beings, emphasize common human needs and seek solely rational ways of solving human problems. Hmm. So interesting, interesting. So in summary, it's this idea of focus on humans, not the divine, but that we can solve our problems. We don't need God, essentially. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I pick up from that. Okay. That we can come oh. up with those problems. Uh, I, I found something similar. Um, I I tried seeing, tried seeing different ways of how people can explain humanism in a very simple way. Mm -hmm. um, I found one that said, uh, humanism is a philosophy or a way of thinking about the world. Humanism is a set of ethics or ideas about how people should live and act. People who hold this set of ethics are called humanists. Humanists, and, and listen to this, humanists prefer critical thinking and mm -hmm. evidence uh, or rationalism and empiri empiricism over acceptance of dogma or superstition. Mm. Mm. When when I heard when I read that I felt I felt like like I was getting already getting jabbed you know because <laughs> you know usually when it comes to religion people already classify it under superstition mm -hmm. or under dogma mm -hmm. so here 
clearly from 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 the start it's something that that goes contrary to i would say belief yeah and and even to just add to that uh just the fact that they're hammering on that point of reason and intellectualism i guess to me when i was at, at least when i was looking at various articles there was this um a presupposition about christianity that when in our Christianity, there is not that intellectual side. There is not that reason side. There is not that evidential side, which I completely reject. Like just from the start, if your faith is completely based on, you know, I believe, I believe. I don't think that we can call that faith. And as far as I don't know about how you guys feel, but I know from my faith, it's largely based on evidence and reason. The Bible says, come, let us reason together. Right. In Isaiah. Right. Uh, the faith, uh, the, the very verse that talks about faith says the uh, faith is the substance uh, or the evidence of things hoped for. So this already from the beginning contradicts what we as Christians believe. I think it's just, uh, uh, I guess, them taking the superficial uh, thought of what Christianity is and kind of jabbing at that, as you said. Yeah. You know what? Um, it's interesting because um, as I was doing my research on this, and, and for the record, humanism is not something new. Um, it it is it essentially got picked up again, if I could put it that way. Uh, once we had the Renaissance and, uh, you know, kind of after the, the Protestant Reformation, once the church starts losing, French Revolution was huge in the promotion of humanism. Um, but but if you could go all the way back to this emphasis on reason and morality all the way back to Greek philosophy. In fact, um, if anything, I, you know, I when when we're looking at philosophical ideas, the idea of humanism is very present in Aristotle. For example, the idea that you can reason and you can determine what is right and what is wrong based on rationality only. You don't need the divine. Uh, there's this. Uh, there's this great. Um, uh, by the way, we want to welcome everybody that is watching us at this moment. Uh, we are live at this moment. Everybody that's watching us on Facebook for the first time, for the first time on Facebook <laughs> and YouTube, you know, you know, want to welcome Gio, we want to welcome uh, uh, Jessica Almaguer, we want to welcome Carol Huerta as well. Uh, thank you for, for joining us today. We are talking about humanism in case you're joining us right this moment. Um, but, it, but it's interesting because uh, there's this idea, uh, there's this um. Uh, dilemma that uh, essentially is placed in Greek philosophy, very popular one too. And the idea is that is something right because the gods determine that it is, mm. or is something right, or, or or do the gods determine that that is right because it is right on its own, mm. right? And so there's there's all there was always this concept of you know uh, God determines right, or does it stand on its own? And if it stands on its own, then we can reason to that without God. Mm. And so it's existed for a long time. And the yet, arbitrary, arbitrary question. Is it arbitrary? Yeah. It, and, and what happens, though, is that in the Renaissance, because you see this rejection of the Catholic Church and of religion, institutional religion in and of itself, humanism arises and modern day humanism now becomes very interesting. And I, I want to read to you guys a definition by the American Humanist Association. Dude, you you okay? you beat me just by <laughs> second. Oh, you got it. You got it. Okay. No, no, hey, go, 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 Because hey, hey, that, that, that website has really good. But uh, I think yeah. something that that uh, you should you should read at least, Mitch. Uh, read what the American Humanist Association says right underneath the the like that little their little catchphrase. Oh, yes, yes. 
Yeah, I, mean, I was about to explain that. That okay, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> if, if you go on to their webpage, and you know, I mean, they, they got a, they got a nice informational webpage going on, and uh, you know, they're they're atheists to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it says good without God. Okay, mm-hmm. good without God. You already that, know that from that of, statement where they stand. Exactly, exactly, and and so here it goes. Right, this is the definition. Uh, humanism is a progressive philosophy of life that without theism or other supernatural beliefs affirms our ability and responsibility to lead ethical lives of personal fulfillment that aspire to the greater good. And so, you know what I see there? An emphasis on doing good, but without God. And I think modern day humanism, that's the emphasis. That is the idea, right? It isn't so much simply rejecting God. It is saying, let's be good, Without God, that's kind of how I, I I'm I'm picturing that. I don't know what you guys think about that. You know what I find interesting on this website is that uh, they have multiple definitions of other humanist organizations, uh, Humanist International, the Humanist Magazine, the Bristol Humanist Group. But I want to share with you what what it says here um, uh, in the Humanist Society of Western New York, and it just happens to be that it's ah. here in this wonderful <laughs> state that I'm in. It says sure. sure. A humanist is a joyous alternative to religious, to religions that believe in a supernatural God and a life in a hereafter. Humanists believe that this is the only life of which we have certain knowledge and that we owe it to ourselves and to and others to make it the best life possible for ourselves and all with whom we share this fragile planet. A belief that when people are free to think for themselves, again, like it's the same argument that we've been hearing for decades, man, for decades, even before we were born. (laughs) Um, A belief that people that when people are free to think for themselves using reason and knowledge as their tools, they are the they are best able to solve this world's problems. And it keeps going on, but it said, sure. but uh, one of the one of the last parts of this, it's one big old quote that says, "Humanists take responsibility for their own lives and relish the adventure of being part of new discoveries, seeking new knowledge, exploring new options, instead of finding solace in prefabricated answers to the great questions of life." Humanists mm-hmm. enjoy the open, open-endedness of a quest and the freedom to discover that this uh that this entails yeah you know what look it's it's interesting because i think a lot of people would consider themselves humanists without saying that they're humanists Hmm. because i've heard a lot of people saying something like you know what i don't care for example i've heard people say i don't care if there's a heaven or a hell i just want to live my life now also i've heard people say look i'm oh here, here's a great humanist phrase. Oh, I don't even know if it's humanist phrase, but you guys, you guys, tell me if it is or not. YOLO, you only live well, once. Yeah, well, what, what I just read. Yeah, the the one life we live, and and that's right. it. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. You, you understand what I'm saying? So I I think it it's all over. Honestly, it's all over. But it's definitely this idea of rejecting the supernatural, rejecting divine intervention, right? And and simply focusing on humans as the solution mm-hmm. to our problems, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Uh, I kind of wanted to add to another uh, several points here. You know, uh, and one of the, and the definition I was reading, it says humanist beliefs stress the potential value and goodness of human beings. You know, uh, a lot of uh, the humanist, I guess, um, 
ideology is based around the idea that we are intrinsically good or that they're that that we are mostly good or that we can bring about some greater good if we are all uh, how would you say on the same page or a common good you know and this to me is interesting because to me it starkly contrasts with what the bible says right from that point right the sure. bible says that we that uh, uh we are as dirty rags our sins are as dirty rags as filthy rags right uh the the bible says that no one is good not no no one no not one no one seeks god right and i i find it so interesting that there is this idea that right from the get go from the from this definition we can see is a contrast but uh something else that i wanted to uh mention here was um there's this uh you guys i don't know if you guys ever heard of mike winger he's a he's a i think he's an evangelical Right. Yeah, he's, uh, a, he's, a, he's a Christian. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think Apolo- Christian apologist, yeah, right? For sure. Yeah. And he he wrote this uh, uh, kind of like you know how they write the little stories on YouTube. Uh, he wrote this. It says, "I feel like a lot of your worldview can be revealed by whether you think the following phrase is a good thing or a bad thing." And then he quotes from Judges, where it says, "Everyone did what was right in their own eyes." Which is interesting, right? This is after, you know, the whole book of Judges, right? Uh, 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 there was no king, right? And then right after it says there was no king, it says everyone did what was right in their, their, their own eyes. And this ultimately is part of what the humanistic ideology falls into. This idea of, well, what we do, right? What I think is right, what you think is right, that it ultimately falls, I think, in my opinion, falls uh, flat on its face when it comes to reasoning from that standpoint, right, uh, of humanism. Well, well, you, well, okay, so first of all, I apologize, my little girl came in, but she had a very, very important question to ask me, and that was, where is Jason? I kid you not, she <laughs> asked me, where is Jason? Uh, and I, you know, I, 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 I told her, I said, I don't know. You should go to ask mom. Maybe mom will tell you where Jason is. I, I, I have no idea. Anyways, no, no. But in all seriousness, yeah. I, and maybe even before we enter into a critique of humanism, I, I, I want to say that humanism sounds really good. Uh, you know what? Uh, superficially, if we, if we take it, if we take certain parts of it i'm just like okay i i can i can dig it you know I, I can see what you what 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 you're trying to tell me but then the the christian side of me you know that that grew up christian it's almost like mm, I, I don't know i don't know right. i don't know bro i don't know <laughs> right 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 and look and, and that's what i'm trying to say look it's it sounds good now as a christian immediately you hear this idea of rejecting theism, rejecting religion, rejecting supernatural and all those things. And you say, oh yeah, that doesn't sound right. But but take it for a second, just for one second, right? And say, wait a minute, should we promote human dignity? Yes, we should. Mm -hmm. Should we fight for social justice? Yes, we should. Should we value all human beings? Absolutely. You know, should you live the best life possible here? Yes, you should. Now, the, the question is whether or not, and I think this is the main issue, whether or not humanism actually works so in other words if you reject god can these things really come to be and and i and i think that's where you know you eventually you you have to critique it that way because the ideals sound really good Hmm. but also the ideals sound very christian at the same time because let's talk about human dignity does that not sound like jesus saying blessed are the poor Mm -hmm. 
does that not sound like James talking about hey, you know what true religion is actually taking care of the widows and the orphans? So you understand what I'm saying? Like, like the reason I think the ideals sound good is because it sounds very similar to Christianity, just simply without the Christ and without the God. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting you say that we're talking about dignity. And this is another thing I wanted to kind of tackle upon this because it does sound good because it, I think it is what the Bible teaches and we'll get that, get into it partially. Right. And I think it does sound good, but you hit on something, a point that's so crucial because you said we are looking out for human dignity, for giving to the poor, to doing all these good things. Right. But if we just backtrack a little bit to the foundation of this, right which is an atheistic point of view, humanism, right? And, and we'll talk about how that affects Christian, uh, Christianity and all that. But from an atheistic point of view, we, we go back to uh, what they believe about evolution, this idea that we came out of chance, right? That we do not have, that we, that we are just, uh, 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 what do you call it? Something evolved to a higher order. If that is what you believe, how can you go around saying, I want to go do good. I want to go do all these things. If ultimately life is really meaningless, if ultimately from the standpoint well, well, of an atheist to you, you create your own purpose, your purpose is whatever you create or what I create. Ultimately sure. there's no intrinsic value, right? As Christians, we believe that we are, we are valued because we are created in the image of God, right? You're valuable, Martin, you're valuable, Mitch, because you were created in the image of God. Now, what, what is the foundation of the atheists when they are going to go out and say that they are going to do all these good things? They, it sounds good, but why ultimately do it if, if me doing bad is just as good as doing good in, in, that, in that mentality? Does that make sense? Yeah, Andrew, well, but, but see, this is, this, is where, this is where we have a challenge, right? Because the question is, how do we determine what is right and what is wrong? Mm -hmm. Right. What is what is good for society and what is bad for society? And I think there are people who would who would argue. And I, in fact, I would even think that there are Christians that would even argue and say that, you know what, whatever we determine as a society is ultimately what is good. But you know what my concerns are with that? I'll tell you at some point, Nazi Germany existed. Exactly. Exactly. At, At some point you had the Bolshevik revolution. Like at some point you had everything that was going uh, on in sl- slavery at one it, point. It, yeah. it, it, you understand what I'm saying? So if, if the problem is that humans can solve their own problems, well, dude, we created the atomic bomb for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and it's not like that brought about peace. Wars have continued and we've seen a proliferation of atomic weapons. Of course, there's, there's the whole disarmament side nowadays, but Oh, so we could blow up the world all over, right? So many different times. All I'm saying is, does it work? I think that's the million dollar question. Does it work? And 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 it's, well, has and it, it worked? <laughs> has it worked? Yeah, yeah, you know what? And and look, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Mark. No, no, I was just gonna say, um, kind of pig, piggybacking on what you guys were saying. Um, the scary thing is that if humans are the ones that determine what's right and what's wrong, um, and society, for example, determines what's right and what's wrong. Uh, the 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 default setting of what right and wrong is will fluctuate depending on who's influencing, depending on who's in power, depending on how many voters, depending on how the culture sees it, on how the media plays it, which is kind of the same thing that we see now. You know, we see yeah. we see yeah. one thing that was that was good five, ten years ago now be called uh, racist or now be called hate speech. 
you go farther back, you know, um, uh, Andrew mentioned, Andrew mentioned uh, slavery. Slavery to some was good. Justified by Christians, even. And, uh, no, and then and there's the other crazy part. There were some slaves that also saw slavery as good, as crazy as people don't want to talk about that. And, and people don't want don't want well, want to go down that route. And also the same thing as genocide. Same thing as as uh, um, when when a country invades another country for their own good. Hello. Isn't that what we see today? What we've been seeing from from well, from the existence of of of, of kingdoms and, and governments in the world. There yeah. is no standard definition because humans determine what's good. Humans yeah. determine yeah. what's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a problem, I think, when it happens. Now, let me let me switch it up on you guys for a second because, um, yeah, Gio says you get canceled. By the way, uh, Michelle's comment <laughs> is, is very, I think it's a very good comment because that's scripture being quoted. There is a way which seems right unto a man, but mm -hmm. the end thereof are the ways of death. Right. She says humanism has many humanism. right moves, but the foundation is not of God. And that's exactly that's ultimately what we want to explore. But somebody may be asking at this moment, well, why are we talking about humanism? I've never heard the term humanism or, I, you know, I don't I don't believe in that. Why stuff. should I even care? Yeah. Why should you even care? And I'm curious if you guys have seen humanism in popular culture, in society at play. And I, and I want to give you guys an example just to get your just to get your thoughts on this. Um. Marvel movies were a massive hit, super, super big, right? Uh, especially the Avenger movies. There's a phrase in one of the Avenger movies, in the very first Avenger movie, that's fascinating. You guys remember New York is getting destroyed, right? And come the Avengers and they save New York. All right, very well. I quoted this line because I, I, I thought this was absolutely interesting. And I want to hear what you guys think about this, right? Um, after the city has been saved, and again, this is a popular movie. Everybody loves it. Okay. After the city has been saved, the news reports come out and the news reports are talking about everything that's gone in New York. And in the background, you hear an extraordinary group of humans. Okay. You hear that line in the background. And then someone says they're interviewing somebody in the movie. Right. And it says, it's just really great knowing they're out there that someone is watching over us. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Who is that? Someone that's watching over us. Well, Christians would say that God is watching over us. Mm -hmm. But that line juxtaposed with the interview is so fascinating. An extraordinary group of humans is watching over us, right? Saving us, taking care of us. Now, I know someone's you know what someone's gonna say, oh yeah, this is movies or whatever, you know, that's just entertainment. It's not a big deal. But the more you look at at the world of entertainment, the more you're gonna find out there is this idea. You know, we don't need God. We got ourselves. We'll take care of ourselves, right? So I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Where have you guys seen uh, humanism at play, dude? Um, <laughs> you said something that that I know Gio's watching. Uh, I've I've had <laughs> countless conversations about about this. Um, you don't even have to go that far. Go go a little farther back. Go go. Um, Superman versus Batman. Okay. There's a there's a scene where Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor uh, was uh, has a picture of the God and his angels fighting the devil and the demons. At the start of the movie, it's you you see it the way it's supposed to be. Uh, God in, uh, on top, the devil in the bottom. All right. The whole idea behind Superman, according to Lex Luthor, is that he is number one a god. All right, and that he wants to 
kill God. At the end of the film, that picture is flipped the other way around. The devil is now the savior because he's coming from the top. And God is coming from the bottom. Now, there's so many so there's so many directions that we can go with that. But the whole idea yeah. is that it's 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 flipped on his head. Right. Yeah. The savior is here on earth now. The savior is here on earth and the enemy is now coming from above. When you look at the humanist point of view, that's exactly what you see. No, Gio, I'm not going to stop. That's exactly what you see here, because in our mm. culture today, the enemy is not here on earth. Mm. The enemy is whoever is in the sky. Yeah. And that's being not only in the Avengers. I mean, you see that in in. All the Marvel movies, uh, I'm going to get canceled. If it, it is what it is, I'm going to get canceled for Jesus, Gio. That, that's that's what it is. Um, um, you see that in in all of entertainment, there is there is uh, uh, looking at what people can do, which is not a bad thing, but only looking at what people can do, and sure. not not depending on what, on what what God can do. For sure. By the way, uh, uh, Andrew, I know I know you want to chime in on this, uh, but I think my daughter is no longer worried. Uh, because uh, we now have Jason. Hey, Jason. Hey, All right. So, so now that now we now that we did the the welcome part, right? The intro part. Jason has the answers to all the questions. To all the questions. <laughs> Just really drop them in there. He hasn't even been hearing. <laughs> no, Jason. Hey, Jason. We're we're happy you're here. Uh, and 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 thankfully you made it uh, just fine. Uh, we were telling everybody that you know weather and and roads and stuff like that. That's that, that that's all a factor. But you're here. So the question that we're exploring right now is. Uh, where do we see um, uh, humanism at play in pop culture, in society today? Uh, and we're also concerned that we're going to get canceled because that's just, you know, and I, and I know that's a big concern. According to Gio, you know, that's, that's what it is. He does, his, your mic's uh, off. Uh, Jason, we, Jason, we can't, hear, we can't hear you. Your mic, your mic may be off. Oh, there you go. There you go. I had it on me. Sorry. Come on, man. This is this ain't your first rodeo. Come on, let's go. No, <laughs> now that you're saying that, something that, that you could see a big time, humanism is in cancel culture. And you guys know how passionate I am about being against cancel culture. And <laughs> humanism really plays a big role in that. Mm -hmm. it, 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 pays a, it plays a massive role. Now, I know before you guys, I jumped in, I know Andrew wanted to say something. So I'm going to give Andrew the chance. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. No, no, no. That's funny that uh, you guys are all making a, um, a Marvel, uh, uh, would you say, references? Actually. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Martin didn't go to Marvel. Oh, no, he went. I went to DC, but oh, I could oh, go. I could, sorry, I could go to other areas. Just to let you know, I could go to other areas that has nothing to do with comics. Okay, I'm sorry <laughs> if I if I said that, man. In the comic world, I sure I, I would be disowned or something. <laughs> yeah, I would be canceled for sure. Yeah. No, it's funny that we're that you uh, something that um, came to my mind actually. Now I don't, I'm not even sure if this is uh, humanism, but it, it came to my mind uh, in uh, one of the Iron Man movies, right? I, I don't I don't remember which one it was. Uh, at one point, they're inside a, a courtroom sure. where they're trying to trying to get a hold of his stuff, all his all his uh, technology, right? And then he at one point gets up There's at the Iron end. Man. He says, "You know what? You guys can't have my stuff." He says, "Congratulations, everybody! I officially uh, uh, privatize world peace, mm -hmm. right? With his weapons and all these different things." And obviously, this is this is an interesting take on it, right? And this could just tell you how. When we look to ourselves or it's what I think or what you think or what Martin or Jason thinks, we all have our idea of what peace would look like. And according to that movie or Iron Man, 
or humanism, right? Nuclear, uh, war, um, how'd you say it? Technology was, was what would gain world peace, right? So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, you know what? Let me let me add something here because I I also want to bring it maybe even even more current to today, because during the past twelve months, when we saw the uprising in social justice claims, right, in protest across the country, a lot of that conversation was absent of God. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, not everybody that was involved in these protests were Christians, so I wouldn't expect it to be on the lips of everyone. But it was fascinating to me. And I and we mentioned this before on this channel um, that there 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 were many. In fact, even pastors themselves. I'm going to get canceled with my own church now. Okay, even even Seventh Day Adventist pastors themselves who were out there protesting, but zero mention of God. Right? That we need to demand justice. That we and I and again, mm-hmm. we've said this before. You guys can go back and 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 see it and and look at it, and and, and it's on the record. Uh, you know what? I, I believe that when wrongs are being done in this world, we need to speak up. That is for sure. I believe mm-hmm. that 100%. The problem is that no matter how hard we try, unless we bring God into the equation, we're in trouble because the problems are going to continue. And in my opinion, this is you guys can completely disagree with me if you'd like, but in my opinion, the more that we get away from God, the bigger the problem has actually be- become, mm-hmm. right? Because when Jesus comes in and he establishes what God really wants from us is no Jew nor Greek, nor nor male nor female, right? No yep. rich or poor. And so it really unites us. But remove that from the equation and we're not getting any more united. I, I don't know. I, I, that's the way I feel that's what's going on in our world, in our country at this moment. Well, well we tend to focus, uh, and this is something that I had a conversation with someone yesterday, actually, um, based on something that I, I placed on, on Instagram. Um, we are trying to find answers to questions. Oh, when I say we, I mean like we as Christians, right? Are trying to find answers to questions that that uh, that are above our pay grade, but God gives us a little hint of where the answers come from, from him, right? Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, it comes from him, you know? Um, but when we, when we, I guess, try to fit the demands of the world in a way that everyone's going to be happy we're going to tend to exclude something and in this case it's someone specifically someone big someone that that is the most important figure in our faith which is god Mm. you know we um we 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 move god farther farther away because god has a set of standards god has a set a set of ethics of morals god has a set of commandments and god has a viewpoint of this world that when other people like like the humanists right that wants to that is good without god there you already know that anything that we as christians want to bring with with this book anything that we want to attack the condition of the human heart the condition of 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 humans we already know that we are we are already going into into a ground or at least at least into a territory where god is where the person does not want, want does not want God there, and because we try to fit the mold or we try to come at them from another angle instead of just coming honestly coming at them with, with clearly what what the, what the word says, um, we begin to uh, remove certain things that from our faith that little by little what we're gonna start what we're gonna start seeing are Christians that are gonna be Christians without the Christ. 
Yeah, but Mamari, can I can I can I say something to this too though? Um, we have to be honest about this conversation and humanism resurges, especially in Europe, because of the church, mm. because of the way that we were portraying God, because of the way that the that the Christian church at the time was was abusing power. Um, you, you know, there's this desire to liberate yourself from these institutions because they are restrictive, because they are oppressive, because they are all these things that we, we really don't want to see and are not even present in the gospel. The gospel is supposed to be liberating. It's supposed mm -hmm. to bring joy. But but we know that there's a history of oppression on behalf of the church. And so in the process of liberating yourself from the church, there was a desire to liberate yourself from God because God was equated with the church. And vice versa, the church was equated with God. And, and I think we have to own up to our own mistakes there. That part of the reason why there are people who will, and maybe even Christians for that matter, like you were saying right now, Martin, Christians who say, look, the, the humanist ideals, but without Christ, th there is such a thing as Christian humanism, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, but, but I think that exists in part because the church has messed up many times, many times throughout history and still continues to mess up even to a point. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the, I, go, 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 Jason. Cause I think one know. of the key points when it comes to, when it comes to this being an issue um, within the church and with, and with Christianity itself is the whole idea of cultural appropri appropriation. We try so hard to apply church to the culture when it's, when culture never applies to the Bible, culture always varies. Now imagine if we try to apply if we try to do the whole cultural appropriation with, with, with what the Nazis were doing, like you guys were saying earlier in, in their eyes, everything was correct. But if you try to culture appropriate, like appropriate it to the, um, to the, to the rest of the Western world, they were completely in the wrong. And it's the same thing when we take all the things that are happening right now and try to apply it to the Bible and try to um, apply them to the Bible instead of trying to apply the Bible which is the word of God, which is what God teaches us. Instead of applying it to everything that's going on, we try to apply it to the Bible. And that's where, that's, that's where um, you said it earlier, Christian, um, Christian humanism comes into play because that, that's, that's, where, that's where it falls into play because you're trying to apply all these things from the Bible, but you're only taking the ones that you want out of it. Well, let, let me let me say this, Jason, just to kind of uh, clarify your point here, and 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 correct me if I'm wrong. Right, um, uh, humanism is simply I'm quoting right now. Humanism uh -huh. is simply the religion of man and his omnipotence. It's man's yeah. egotistical worship of himself. Okay, uh -huh. in its present form, it is largely a 20th, 20th century phenomenon. That's not important, but its basic premise has probably never been summarized better than in Henley's famous lines, which says, "It matters not how straight the gate." how charged with punishments, the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Now, I'm, I'm bringing that up because if I say I am the captain, I, I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of my soul. I think that's what, what I just read right now. Mm -hmm. If I come in with this, if I come with that point of view and then I come to scripture and say, look, I think that's a good book. I'm going to apply, if I'm getting correctly, Jason, what you're saying, I'm going to apply what I believe is mm -hmm. right and what is wrong to Scripture instead of Scripture actually determining what is right and wrong for me. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're saying? Am I, am I yeah, interpreting no, 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 right? That, what that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I just had too many thoughts running at the same time. But that, in summary, <laughs> what I said, that's really it. That's what's happening. 
I think that's where you get many of the progressive movements as well as yeah. in Christianity, where we'll talk about where you yourself, you know, right. It, it gets so far and we'll talk about this, I'm sure in a bit where that even the revelation of God is something that you yourself are trying to redefine through your eyes. It's it, 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 uh, it's interesting. We'll get into that. Yeah. Can I, and can I read this as well? And again, I'm quoting here from uh, an article. It says Christianity places Jesus as God in the center of all things, but secular humanism places man at the center of the universe. Man is in control. It's man and his world or humans and his world. Right. And so essentially man is the measure, mm -hmm. right? Man mm -hmm. is what determines right and wrong. And you can apply that to any after even religion. You could just say, hey, you know what? As a church, we're going to get together and we're going to determine this is right and this is wrong. And it can go against scripture, but humanist humanistic thinking will influence you in that way. See, and, you, and that's where you can also find a, the clear connection with the humanist, you know, wanting the humanist wanting to be the center of the, the universe, right? Wanting to remove God and place himself for God, because that's exactly what Satan did, Lucifer did in heaven. Mm -hmm. He wanted to ascend up to the throne of God. He wanted to take away, oh, well, there you go. Satan was the first humanist. Um, uh, he wanted to take what belonged to God, in this case, his his authority, his 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 power, right? His right to to not only judge, but to you know tell us how we should live. Now we determine that, right? We determine what's right and what's wrong. We determine what's true and what's not. And we can can uh, um, we can push that definition either away and replace it with something new, and or completely do away with that and replace it with something something new again. Like there is no set standard with the humanist, which is exactly what what we saw with uh, what we've been seeing these past few years when it comes to a lot of definitions that once were 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 uh, were set, but now it's all about you know relative you know re relativism, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I have, a, I have a quote that I want to read uh, from Great Controversy, kind of to piggyback off what you were saying, Martin, uh, and what they were saying in the comments about uh, Satan beating the, the, the very first uh, humanist. Uh, it says here, to the very close to the very close of the controversy in heaven, the great usurper continued to justify himself when it was announced that all, with all his sympathizers, he must be expelled from the abodes of a bliss of abyss of, of, of bliss. Then the rebel leader boldly avowed his contempt for the creator's law, says he reiterated his claim that angels needed no control, but should be left to follow their own will, which would ever guide them. Right. He denounced the divine statues as a restriction of their liberty and declared that it was his purpose to secure the abolition of the law that freed them from this restraint. The host of heaven might enter that the host of heaven might enter upon a more exalted, more glorious state of existence. Isn't this what Satan has been doing since the very beginning of, of, of earth, the inception of earth with Adam and Eve? Wasn't this what he was appealing to, to, to their minds, right? To a higher state, a more glorified state, right? And then we see this uh, uh, even today in modern day uh, with all the, the free will movements, right? The free choice movements. You see the same thing here. Right. Where Satan is appealing to the free will, because God says that he he does not want a, a, a forced forced love. So we push that boundary so much. Right. When it comes to free will, that all of a sudden that is what takes uh, 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 how would you say it? Uh, uh, the premise or the priority. Right. And all of a sudden we start to mingle in certain things 
that don't mix with and we start pushing God off to the side. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that that's interesting. And Satan wants to put us to a glorified state of existence or so let us think. Andrew, I'm I'm glad you brought up that quote because I, I think we must we must emphasize that sin enters this world through humanism ideology. Mm-hmm. Okay, through humanistic ideology, and and why and why? Because if you think of the temptation, and I know we always end up going back to Genesis, we always end up talking about <laughs> always, it, but it's because it's so important. It's a story that keeps giving, right? Um, if you think about the temptation, the temptation was. No, God is lying to you. If you eat from this tree that's forbidden by God, in other words, that God has determined that is wrong to eat, that it is immoral to eat, if you do what you want to do, you're going to be like God's. Mm-hmm. Right? You're going to be like God's. And then you notice immediately after, when you read the text in Genesis chapter 3, that as soon as a serpent is done, it says, and Eve took from the fruit and saw that it was good. Now notice, at that moment, God had determined what was good and what was not. But the moment that we switch roles with God, now you are the determiner, the, the mm-hmm. determiner of what is good and what is not. And Eve now says, God said this wasn't good, but I say this is good. Mm-hmm. And 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 so now sin enters the world. And guess what? Humanism is now the center of the battle that you have in our spiritual lives, right? Because now the question is, well. I want to do whatever I want to do, and I don't want God to do with it, or submit to God, right? Submit to his will, submit to his love, and do what God wants you to do. But the battle is there. I I, I don't, I'm going to tell you, like, I feel that you cannot have humanistic tendencies and be an honest Christian at the same time. I don't think it's possible, all right? I think that the ideals, oh, and, and let me add this as well, and I want to see what you guys think about this. Here's the other problem with humanism today. You know what humanism, I think, does? Humanism grabs Christian ideals, you know, good in the world, you know, fighting for the poor, fighting for the, but completely removes the history of why that even exists. In other words, we're trying to bring in those concepts that Christianity brought in, that Christ brought in himself, but I don't want Christ. And that, to completely ignore the history of all things, is a dangerous thing. Absolutely dangerous. Because it's it's like for us to say, notice, and this goes back to Andrew's argument uh, at the beginning. Why are humans valuable? Why are they worth something? Well, they're worth something because the image of God is in them. Mm-hmm. Remove the image of God from them. What do you have? You have just rational animals as Aristotle would put it, rational animals. That's all you have. And that, you know what, and what, all of a sudden, check this out. What would you do with someone who doesn't think completely rationally, someone who has a, a some type of a, a mental, mental sickness or incapacity that cannot think rationally? Do we just throw them out? No, you got to worry about them, right? Why would you worry about them? Because there's value in them in the eyes of God, outside of God. Where's the value in someone like that? Mm-hmm. Where? So I, I, you know, it's almost like uh like trying to grab a child and remove the child from their parents, right? You remove it from the parents. What's gonna happen with the child? The child is going to cause chaos. I think that's what humanism has done. What I what I've seen is I mean, humanism is a counterfeit to what God has already established. You know, it it takes away, takes away the ideals that God has has 
established, has set before us, and has claimed it for itself. Mm. You know, it's almost like the uh, copyright infringement. You know, um, yeah. something that 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 we see in a lot of these uh, spiritual, not you know, Bible-centered, Christian-centered movements, but spiritual movements. Right? Is you finding spirituality on your terms? Right? This is where we get these ideas of my truth, your truth. You know, my experience over your experience. That's very dangerous because the, the there is no there is no again going back to maybe I'm I'm, I'm beating uh you know the the dog uh you 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 have no set standard and because you have no set standard anyone can claim that what they have is truth yeah. you know um and I think I think something that that Geo uh, wrote down I think in one of the comments says here's the thing about humanism it does work through the lens of this of this said world Reason is above everything else. My truth is your uh, my truth is my truth, and your truth is your truth. And we've seen that in in in, in culture. We've seen that in 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 uh, in the news and in, in the media. We we've seen it that now people are not claiming the truth; they're claiming their truth, the mm. exper experiential truth that you can't say that a certain so certain so is wrong because they've experienced it, and you have no. No judgment. You have no judgment over it, which is contrary to what the Lord says in the word. Because God is who, who he says he is, because God is the standard, he can definitely say, you know what? What you did was wrong. What you've experienced, you shouldn't you shouldn't have experienced if you were listening to what I wanted set out for your life. Can, can I ask you can I ask you guys a question just based on what you're saying, Martin? Um, I, I, I think this is a question that a true humanist would ask <clears throat> is it not possible to be good without god it <laughs> uh, depends on your definition of good man <laughs> what do you mean what do you mean by that i, I like I'm, I'm i'm and i'm serious about this question well i, I because and, and by the way before you answer it like i've heard young people within the church mm -hmm. say look i'm a good person i don't know why i have to come to church i don't know why i have to believe so mm -hmm. so i'm asking you guys is it is it not possible to be good without God? Oh man, I, I wasn't uh, prepared to go into this topic. I don't have my verses down here, but yes, it is possible. It is possible to be good. The Bible says, I believe it's in uh, Romans two, where it, uh, Paul is talking about uh, the Jew versus the Gentile. That says that um, uh, uh, they are not Jews who are only Jews inwardly, but they are Jews. They are those, those are Jews who are ones, uh, someone find me that verse, it's in Romans 2, but it talks about, uh, let me see if I can find it actually real quick. Yeah, in I got Romans it for you. I, I got, got it, it for you. Yeah, this is Romans 2, uh, uh, I'll read from verse 27 and 28, and will not the physically uncircumcised, if he fulfills the law, yes. judge you who even with your written code and circumcision are a transgressor of the law? And verse 28 says, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. Yeah, but then it continues, if you continue reading, it says that um, in the judgment day, it says that they will, does it continue in Romans 2? Uh, that, that's the last verse in Romans chapter 2. Yeah, oh man, I forgot where it says it, but it says that um, that the I would just say the the Gentiles, who are by uh, by nature, I'm trying to remember the verse, um, 
You guys keep going. I'm gonna find it. Okay, hey, man, this is what happened. And, and look, and this is a fascinating question because uh, apparently Gio's mind was blown. Okay, <laughs> don't even know what that means. All right, but he does ask. M Michelle, by the way, says good is relative. Mm -hmm. That's a very interesting statement as well. Um, and and Gio also puts in this. He says the following. He says, "Who will establish or determine good?" And he's asking me the question. As if I would have the answer to this. Give me a break, Gio. No, no, no. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. <clears throat> let me let me let me chime in on this on this question. I think, Martin, you were on to something. The first question is: let's define what we mean by good. And I want to see if you can go back to that. What were you thinking when you said that? What do you mean by good? Well, for example, now that um it's it's crazy. I, I've been I, I've been reading Romans uh this week. Um, Romans, when it talks about circumcision and uncircumcision, it mentions the need of the law. Yeah. You know, that the law is needed because um, it's it's the measuring, the measuring stick, mind you. OK, so if you remove the if you remove that measuring stick, then all, all bets are off. That's what I mean with with good. You know, we need a measure to determine what good is, you know, because depending on that measure, you you have you have whether okay this is good this is good this is good this is not so good this is not so good this is bad this is horrible but the humanist depends uh, you know uh, the the definition that will come from another human and bro we we mentioned genocides we mentioned wars we mentioned atrocities we mentioned uh like the nazis we mentioned you know uh, uh in other conversations even stalin we mentioned uh, um stuff that happened in, in other countries where people those evil people that we determined that are evil they thought they were doing good. Yeah, they were doing a service. If, like, uh, if uh, um, what what Michelle said, good is relative, then we have no judgment toward them to say what they did was wrong. Yeah, M Martin, what you say about the law, I think, is very interesting because I think the law in Scripture has to be defined as perfectly good. Mm -hmm. And I say perfectly good. Because the law is the reflection of God's character, at least mm -hmm. the way Scripture puts it. And for the record, if anybody is watching us, this is the way us Adventists present the law, right? The law is a reflection of God's character, right? right? What God stands for is representing the law, which means that the law is perfectly good in the sense that when you look and measure yourself up against the law, you're not measuring yourself against other forms of good of good imperfections or of imperfectly good things if that or makes good, sense or right? good or imperfect people imperfect people that yeah that are generally good right mm -hmm. that, that that's, that's yeah, what that, I'm trying to say. good yeah yeah <laughs> no you measure yourself to christ you measure yourself to the law who was perfectly good mm -hmm. and 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 i think the if the question is am i a good person well by definitions of society, perhaps. But am I good compared to Jesus? Yeah. Whoa, hold on a second. Right? Mm -hmm. go, go ahead. Ed. Go ahead. Yeah. I have the verse here. It's uh, actually Romans 2.12. It says, For as many have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And as many have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. And it says, For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. It says, for when Gentiles, right, or the common people, non-believers who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, 
and between themselves their thoughts accusing them or also or else excusing them in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. So what this is telling me is that yes, it is possible to do good, right? Even as a non-believer, right? But at the same in the same token, that goodness is accredited to God, but from the atheistic or the humanistic perspective, they don't attribute that to God, right? That is uh, what we're saying. Now, what the Bible says is that no one is good, no, no, not one, no one seeks God in the sense that what exactly what you were saying, Mitch, in comparison to the perfect holiness and righteousness of God, we have all long ways to go, right? Do we do good at time? Sure, we do good at time. Is it possible to do good things at certain times? Sure, it is. But without God in the picture, we'll slowly be going in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, you know what though the, the what you just read about from Romans, I think, is very important. But there is there is in Romans in those texts right there the idea that within us there is what we would maybe even describe a natural law. And I don't want to get into philosophy on this, right? But this this concept that nature within itself actually establishes what is good and what is bad. And we generally will understand that there are these concepts that are good and bad. Killing, for example, we kind of have an idea, general idea, even without God, that it is not good. But isn't that a reflection more of the fact that the image of God still remains in us somehow, some way? Like even after all these years of sin, there is still something in there that reflects God. But God is calling us to something even greater than the little Mm -hmm. bits and inklings of good that manifest themselves in our lives. Because look, I do think that there are some people that are very charitable. I think there's some people that do have a real concern for poor people, for those who are uh, um, discriminated against. Wasn't Pablo Escobar uh, a good person to the people that he was helping, even though he was a criminal? Oh man, you're you're going you're okay. But then this goes to the question is whether or not good is relative, right? And if we follow humanistic tendencies, well, you know, Pablo Escobar might have been good to the people that lived around him, mm-hmm. but he wasn't good for others. And this is the problem when you when you are not accountable to something that is transcendently good. Right with something that is above us as good, which is what we would say God is. Mm-hmm. Right, God, we are all accountable to God. Is the idea, and because He is perfectly good, it doesn't matter what Pablo Escobar and his community think. <laughs> there is a greater standard above us. That's right. And I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah, and then also make the point that He is the standard. Right, it's not um, He makes this standard. He is the standard within himself, right? He is love. He is righteousness. He is justice. Uh, he doesn't uh, legislate this or make this. It is who he is, right? As opposed to some who would say, so is it what God is saying is arbitrary or, you know, as the same as what we say, then we just create our own goodness. But God is the essence of goodness, right? He is the essence of love. As a matter of fact, I have the verse here, right? You know, um, the what was the the aha moment that I had? Yeah, uh, God Mitch, is God is love. God, God is love. We all John, know. Yeah. yeah, First John. You know, God is love. He who does not know love does not know God. For God is love, right? He is the essence of love. It's not that he says, "Oh, love is good," and because he says it, it's good. It's because he is love, 
that he is that that love is good, right? And so yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah. Um. And now now let's kind of swing this back into into you know the the conversation we're having of humanism. I I just know that's something that pops up. But I want to ask you guys a question here, and we're gonna let Jason chime in because Jason, you're way too quiet, brother. I know. I'm, I'm waiting to have my chance. Okay. Uh, uh, but but the question is this: Can humanism or humanist humanist thinking be found in Christianity? Um, uh, is it is it possible that you can find humanism in Christian in the church? And I think this is also a question that Geo had asked. Uh, a while back, right? I, I think it was one of the first questions. I'm gonna see if I could find it. Uh, but he was asking, uh, let me see here. Oh yeah. I wonder, he said, has humanism entered the church? So I'm, I'm just curious, Jason, what do you think about that? Uh, do you see any instances of humanism within the church? It's funny that you asked me that because I actually read an article and the article stated that humanism was used by, by the Catholic church at the time to make it the dominant force. But then because of humanism, because his teaches the way he was taught in humanism, Martin Luther came up with this thesis. And what what humanism tries to tries to push out is being good, doing good unto others, right? And if we look at the 10 commandments, doesn't isn't that what the Bible teaches? Is it's be good to others, respect your mother and your father, do not kill, do not covet, do not murder it's, it's practically saying be good and be good unto others, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, if we if we um, bring it all down, it becomes the golden rule. But the problem is when you start looking too much onto the humanistic side and comp- like we were saying earlier, we completely forget about the God aspect in what being good means. And that's where, where you said it, like you've heard people in the church saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a good person. And that's the, that's the issue, I think, when it comes to being a Christian, when it comes to, to playing a role in the church. We start thinking, well, I'm good. I feel like I'm a good person. When in reality, you're not. You still lie. You still sometimes might cheat on certain things. Um, there's so many little things that bring sin back into our life, which completely eradicates the fact of us being good. And that's the problem within the church. We start thinking, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And we let that thought overpower us that later on, we're the ones that eventually start judging people. We're the ones that start rebuking people. I'm completely forgetting that God is the one that makes us good. God is the one that helps us be good. Oh, you, you, know, you know what you just reminded me right now, Jason? Rich young ruler goes to Jesus and says, good teacher. Right. And Jesus rebukes him right then and there says, hey, wait a minute. Calm down. You do know that there is only one that is good. That's God God. The only one that is good. Right. And, and that's a powerful statement because mm-hmm. Jesus was God in himself. But he was trying. I, I, I don't know. I mean, in light of what you're saying right now is this idea that maybe at the basis of Christianity, we begin with the idea of God is perfectly good. He is the essence of what is good. What? Just look at the just look at the Ten Commandments and how they're formed. What does it start off with? It starts the commandments that go towards God. Right. That's how it starts off, and the the list goes down, and then you start seeing: you shall not covet, thou shall yeah. not murder. All of these things. First, God has to be the first part, no matter what it is. Even in the Ten Commandments, like He, God could have rearranged it in whatever order it was, and all those things in the Ten Commandments are good. 
but it had to be in a specific order because if you don't if you don't follow God as the only God, if you don't keep the Sabbath, if all these things, the following will not follow. If God is not in you, if you don't know God, you don't know love. You cannot be good. You cannot do good acts towards others. Sure, sure, sure. But by, by the way, uh, Gio, th this is old news. Uh, Gio, what's up, man? Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Mark, this is literally where we started the conversation with. Oh my day. goodness, you know, Mark of the Beast. That's and funny. It's not the uh, vaccine. It's humanism. But, but, but Andrew, <laughs> before, before before you say your comment, Andrew, just some again, just to recognize some of these comments, Gio did say right before that the Laodicean Church has a problem humanism, uh, and Julio Lopez says. Look, Satan uses humanism as a counterfeit to God. So all these all very, very good comments uh, in regards to this conversation. Go, go ahead, Andrew. Go ahead. What were we saying? Yeah, I, I think the, those comments ha have have a point that were that I, that I actually wanted to get to. But there are some things I wanted to mention because you, uh, uh, several of you guys have mentioned about um, uh, how humanism had its uh, his uh, its um, foundations or where it came from. Right. I was looking at an article that said that a humanism was something that was coined in the 19th century in the Renaissance. The whole renaissance era right as you were uh mentioning mitch right and um it's interesting because if you look at some of the prominent members you actually mentioned aristotle someone who uh, i don't i don't believe he was a christian right no aristotle. Our, 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 he was not he, and, and, you, and, you, and you chose the opposite yeah. side but in this in this uh article this person is making the claim that there is that that christianity and humanism can work right and i and i found it intriguing i started reading it and uh, one of the things that he said is some of the pioneers of Ren of the Renaissance movement were Christian, right? Yeah. He names yeah. uh, people like uh, Thomas More, uh, sure. Francois Rabelais, I can't even say it, uh, Francesco uh, Petrarch, uh, Giovanni uh, Pico della Mar Marandola, I can't even say the names, and right, and Erasmus, right? Desiderius Erasmus. Well, uh, who, who doesn't know who Erasmus is, right? Uh, what the Texas Receptus is, is based on, right? The whole uh, New King James. But anyways, so it's interesting that you have these Christian uh, people who also had humanistic ideas. But when you look, when I started reading the article, the more and more I started reading it, I started, it started intriguing me because he uses, uh, this person uses uh, things like uh, Luke 5. I mean, uh, uh, Luke, where, where uh, Jesus is saying, are not five, spar uh, five sparrows sold for two copper coins, right? You know, and, and your Lord does not forget about them, you know. So how uh, you are worth many more, uh, much more than many sparrows, right? Uh, using this as as talking about humanism, right? The ele elevation of man, right? Uh, or another one in Matthew where it says, if a man has a hundred sheep and, and one goes astray, does not the man go uh, 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 leave the 99 and go after the one, right? Using the illustration about um, us as humans, right? So there, this idea of humanism, the elevation of man or... Um, the verse that says, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you visit them. You made them a little bit lower than the angels, right? And you crown, crown them with glory and honor. This idea of humanism, the, the I guess, the elevation of, of man in some sense. Uh, things like uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Am uh, Amos, right? Who call for justice, who call for giving to the needy, right? And when I started seeing this guy's article, the more I started to understand, okay, if this if this person whoever wrote this article is talking about humanism from this perspective, then I can ascribe to that because I can totally agree to that part of humanism. Right. Those ideas of humanism. I think the humanism that we can't accept is when we remove God from the picture that it starts to turn into something completely different. 
right? And I think we can see versions of that in progressive Christianity. That, uh, I'll, but I'll let you guys uh, touch on this. Uh, you know what? Look, I'm I'm thinking just based on what you're saying right now. Couldn't we say that works-based salvation is just a step away from humanism? Um, you know what I mean? Like, like, hey, I'm going to get saved by the stuff that I do, not by the grace of God. I'm going to get saved uh, by being a good person, mm -hmm. but not, not by the grace of God. In other words, where we presuppose human effort above God's effort, that's works-based. And... Can I yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You know, can I add to that? Just uh, piggyback off that. You know, one of the things that people uh, say in hum uh, the humanism is uh, uh, more doing, less believing. I heard that one before. Based off what you're saying there, Mitch, aren't they equally as bad, right? If you are just, uh, uh, how would you say, uh, doing a bunch of things, right, is just as bad as just blindly believing, right? And, and to me, I think that both of them combined together is is really where you know if we take the belief of god out you guys have already talked about this then you're just doing works work-based salvation right if you just do uh the opposite right then you take god out of the equation and what happens yeah mm -hmm. uh, you, you know what um i i think that that as christians we can remove god in many different ways from our lives and that's dangerous you know, that's that's the whole point. I think it's dangerous. Um, what what do we say, for example, when we enter a moment of crisis in our life and we say, you know what? Let me figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. I, you know what? I, I, I know I could go to God, but just let me be right. And and sometimes we don't say it out loud, but we think that way, don't we? Well, I got I got a, a phrase that I'm pretty sure every churchgoer has ever heard from friends or family that have decided to step away from church. And this is, this is, this is the quote, you know, um, I'm going to make myself better. Then I'm going to come back to church. Interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm going to fix myself and then I'm going to come back to God. That's exactly the, 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 the humanist idea, but with a, with a, with a, 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 a twist, a, a Christian twist, you know, that, that yeah. I, I, I want to do things at, at my own at my own pace with my own strength, right? But I haven't forgotten about you, Lord. You know, I, I'm gonna come back to you, and most of the times, they don't. Well, no, that's true. There's actually uh, one of Gio's comments. He said the tower. He mentioned the Tower of Babel, and I think that's a yes, perfect example. That I, I think that's a perfect example of humanism, because the only reason the Tower of Babel even was created was because of the flood. People knew God was there. There were still people that worship God, but they're like, oh, but what if? Oh, can I, can I? And I think that's 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 the one of the big dangers of humanism. It's always like, can oh, I, like, yeah, God can help me, but what if I try to do it myself? Can I piggyback off that? That's so good. I actually yeah, have I'm, Genesis. I'm coming right after you, Andrew. I'm coming right after and you. And it actually comes uh, uh, Genesis 11, 1 through 7. I'm going to read it because it's sure. so powerful what it says right here, right? Uh, it says, now the whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. It says, they had, a, they had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And it says, and they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower who, whose top is in the heavens. 
Just pause there. Whose top is in the heavens? Where have we w- heard a scripture that sounds similar to this? With uh, with, with um, in oh, Isaiah. Well, I, I, yeah, I was gonna say with Lucifer, but with yeah, Lucifer, yeah, and I will ascend yeah. right, and I and I will put my throne right in the heavens, right. So, anyways, and it continues says, "Let us make a name for ourselves." All right, all where, right. Where is that word name, Andrew? Andrew, but let me let me add on to that now. Fast forward thousands of years in the future. And now you got the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, looking at his kingdom. This is the king of Babylon. And, and you know, the, the, I, I know you guys know because we've spoken about this, but the, the, or, the original setting of Babylon is the Tower of Babel, right? Mm-hmm. The origins of Babylon is the Tower of Babel. In fact, they mean the exact same word. You, Andrew always makes fun of me because I always Bobby say Lou. Bobby Lou. I know that, but that's, that's the way the word goes anyways. And what does he say? And I'm reading from Daniel chapter four, verse 30. The King spoke saying, is not this great Babylon that I have built for a Royal dwelling uh, by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty. Check this out. Check this out. Jason, you said tower of Babel. Andrew read the text of the tower of Babel. I'm reading this. You know what happened in both cases? In both cases, they got humbled to the ground. Mm-hmm. The Tower of Babel did not continue. Their project humbled to the ground. And King of ba- the King of Babylon, according to Daniel chapter 4, ends up being like the beast, like a normal animal. Right? Why? Because that way of thinking is disastrous. It is disastrous in every way. Go ahead. Hold, go on, ahead. hold on. Let, let me add to that. All right. It said, let us make a name for ourselves. Where have we seen that? The word name. Right. Revelation 13, 6, it says he causes both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand and on their foreheads. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of man. Hmm. His number. Right. That to me. Oh, man. When I read that. Blew my mind because it, the people in the Tower of Babel were saying, let's put ourselves, our throne, kind of like they had the spirit of Satan, right, in the heavens. And they said, let us make a name for ourselves. What is, uh, you know, is illustration illustrative to the name, but what we find in we're talking about the mark of the beast, right, which is the number of man, elevation of man. What happened with Nebuchadnezzar was the elevation of of man and what what's so powerful that i is in the continuing verses uh in genesis 11 uh, 1 through 7 it says and the lord said indeed the people are one and they all have one language and this is what they began they they begin to do nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them god recognizes here what is possible when everybody is of one accord but not with God in the picture. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then we see the complete contrast with in the, in, in the Acts of the Apostle when they were one of a, in one accord, and it said God. no one was without anything, right? Yeah. The true contrast. And what happened in the Acts of the Apostle? Everybody gave. Everybody was humble. The complete opposite of what happened in the Tower of Babel, which is interesting. Well, if, if you look at it, one of the things about humanism is it tries to bring everybody together under the same accord, under the same thought, everybody the same. But the difference is that God is not part of the picture. 
And if you look at it, any single movement that has tried to do that throughout the history of Earth without God in the picture, what happens to them? They, they, they disappear. Look at, look at Tower of Babel. Disappeared. Alexander the Great and his power, trying to rule the, all the, the modern known world, disappear. The Greeks, gone. Romans, gone. And not just not just like gone, like they faded out. Like they were completely, like utterly destroyed. Like 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 Mitch was saying earlier, they were humbled every okay. single time it happens. Why? Because God is not in the picture. The only way human humanity in general can get together under the same accord and think the same way and reach for the same goal is if God is in the picture. Right. That is right. that is really the only way. And that's the main problem with humanism. It takes God out of the picture because it, we just try to rely on ourselves to get things done when God is the only one that can help us to push to the, to the, to those things. For sure. God God is the the reference point that that humans should have but they try to put humans as the reference point. Yeah. I found a um you know we were talking about like all these movements right about movements on social justice, movements on on equality, equity, you know, that's all the terms that you hear now, right? Um, this is R.C. Sproul. He wrote this a few years ago. He says, without God, man has no reference point to define himself. 20th century philosophy manifests the chaos of man seeking to understand himself as a creature with dignity while having no point for that dignity. You know, we, again, you know, are, are moving the goalposts farther back and farther back and farther back when God is not in the picture. God needs to be the goalpost. He needs to be the reference point. Without him, all bets are off. Mm -hmm. um, guys, mm -hmm. we, we got to we, this is this is a great conversation, by the way. We we have to wrap this up. But uh, one last question, and I, and I think this this would be a good way to end. Uh, we live in a very secular, humanistic world. We do. We do. Um, now, that doesn't mean that the other side doesn't exist. It does. There are many believers across the world as well. But I think what generally captivates our attention in media, in entertainment, all those things, is, is a humanistic world. And so what advice can we give to our young people, to whoever's watching, right? Living in this type of world. Uh, you know, and, and not not something long, obviously, because we do got to wrap it up. But uh, what what can you give as an advice, knowing what we know about humanism, maybe even how to protect and make sure that we don't stray away from the Lord? Mm. Uh, something just quick, I guess that I um I was reading some uh someone posted on Instagram. Uh, it said uh, it was interesting. It said if Christians started living what we preach, we wouldn't need to defend the gospel as much. Our lives would be defense enough. And that's so powerful going along with well, what you had said earlier, Mitch, about why we turn, uh, you know, it turned to humanism in the first place. Right. Because the church was, you know, not living what it should have been doing or been doing what it's. And this is this is the case here. You know, the reason why people are looking to humanism or looking to other methods beyond God is because sometimes we're bad representatives of what God can really do through us. It's because we are not the exemplary church uh, of, uh, of Acts chapter two, right? In the church of Pentecost, it's because we are not uh, 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 that Christian, right? That we give that bad example. And, you know, may maybe that that's a reflection for us who are Christians, you know, and in and, and, and all this. Yeah. 
For sure. Um, I would have uh, just in one verse, uh, Micah 6, 8. Uh, he has shown you, oh man, what is good, right? And what does the Lord require of you? Again, it's God is the reference point. God is the, the goalpost. God is the measuring the measuring stick to do uh, to do justly, to love mercy. And I think this is the one part where we love quoting this verse, but we forget that these, the other two are important yeah. are are not are important but they're linked to the third one yeah. walk humbly with your god 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 gives you what you do what you need to do in order for you to to do justly or to do justice right to yeah. love mercy god is the one that 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 brings that out of you without god then it's you but you know like we know with our own strengths and with our own weaknesses we have a limit god is supposed to be your reference point Yes. All right. All right. Jason, what, what do you think? For for those of you, the, 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 I saw Gio's comments and it, it just popped into my head, uh, his last comment. But um, for yes, those of you yeah. that were ever in Pathfinder in the Southeastern California Conference or the Southern, the Southern California Conference, you guys know uh, Dr. Rogers and, Mama Sa and Grandma Sally. And there was a song that every single, be it Pathfinder Campery, be it Teen Institute, Whatever it was, there was a song that she would always sing, have us like try to get us to sing on Saturdays. And it was like, "Do you know Christian? You're a sermon in shoes." Hmm. And, the, and the line goes on saying, "Jesus calls upon you to spread the gospel news." So that 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 would be my advice. Jesus is calling upon you to spread the gospel news. And in order to spread that gospel news, who do you need in your life? You need God. You need love. You need to put God first. So remember, guys. Walk it and talk it. You're a sermon in shoes. No matter where you go, you are a sermon in shoes. And a sermon in shoes is not going to preach humanism. A sermon in shoes is going to preach about the love of God and what He can do to change your life. For sure, I appreciate that, Jason. Yeah, we and and I and I'm, I'm hearing you guys. I'm echoing this. Uh, I, I think it's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna bust to Jason here. I'm gonna say, guys, I'm gonna keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> one verse, one verse. Okay? In fact, because I have the controls here, I'm just going to put it up on the screen, but I think you guys will agree with me as to why we're putting it up. If there's one advice I can give you, is the advice found in the three angels' message, Revelation 14.6. Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made the heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. By the way, this is the call for today, right? This is the call for today. Now, I don't think I have to put it any other way, as Jason would say, right? There it is. Simple. I think the advice I could give you is literally, yeah, drop the mic, uh, <laughs> literally to just give God his place. Mm -hmm. And life will be better, absolutely better for it. Now, with that being said, um, look, there's so much more to talk about humanism. But I think it's important. It's important that you know what's coming up. Now, first of all, we want to thank everybody that, that was involved in the chat. Michelle and Gio were very active today in the conversation. By the way, Gio literally finding humanism in every single aspect of life, okay? In Burger King, in Nike, in Apple, even in Gatorade. Hey, can, can I get a 666 version of that? I, there is a 666 version of it. I'm, I'm I want you. his 666 version of this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We got to get him. You know, Mo uh, Monster, <laughs> Starbucks, you keep going. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But again, we're, we're Gio's we're, not going to sleep tonight if, if you give him that. Uh, that <laughs> He's going to get your list tomorrow morning. Watch <laughs> that, that whole And then you know, and Michelle, it, she says, and I think this is on point, right? We're kidding ourselves if we think we can do it without God. 
I, I, I think, I think we are kidding ourselves, but again, thank you to everybody. Now in two weeks, in two weeks, our next conversation just follows what we're doing right now. And in two weeks, we're going to be talking about the immortality or the non immortality of the soul, because even behind all these humanism tendencies, there is a world of spiritualism of spiritism that is there that is present and still trying to find a way to reach immortality without God. And so we're going to be talking about that in two weeks. Do not miss that conversation because it is a conversation that is also found all over in media, in movies, in all these different things. That being said, that's in two weeks. But for now, you know, uh, just keep in mind uh, this problem with humanism, you know, and uh, we hope that you're going to be able to share this conversation. We want to thank everybody that was on Facebook. Guys, uh, the, uh, the, the Facebook came in, came through, okay? Uh, so definitely add on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. What was that? What was that? No, it worked. It worked. Okay, it worked. Hey, the Lord is good, man. man. Absolutely, absolutely. And so we just want to make sure that this is just another channel for you to be able to share it with your friends and family. You know, hopefully this conversation will be helpful. Uh, but with that being said, guys, we got to wrap it up. And so, Jason, because you came in late, do you mind I'll end it. leaving us in a final word of prayer? Yes. Let's let's go ahead and pray, guys. Let's bow our heads. Father God, I want to thank you, Lord, so much. Uh, first of all, Lord, for, for giving us another day of life, Lord, and for letting us um, uh, to start another Sabbath um, in your word, Lord, um, learning more about you and what you have for us in the Bible, Lord. Now, Lord, as in reference to tonight's topic, Lord, um, please don't let us fall into the trap of humanism, Lord. Help us to see that it's your word and your will that will get us through to the end. That it's be knowing your love that we can actually be good, Lord. Like, like it says in your word, Lord, no one, no one is good but you. And I pray that you help us clearly understand that, and that you help us, you help us to become more like you, Lord, so that we can actually get things done in your will, Lord. God, I want to pray for every single one of our viewers and for those that will watch this, Lord. I pray that this was a blessing to them, and that they could. Uh, they could look. They could search to the scriptures more to un, to really understand what is your will, and to really understand how good you are, Lord. Thank you once again, Lord, for giving us life and for bringing us up into this moment, for taking care of us, Lord. And let us enjoy the rest of the Sabbath with you in your presence. In your name, I pray. Amen. 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 Jason, thank you so much for that prayer. And let me just say, on the anniversary, on the anniversary of the COVID nineteen lockdown here in this country we have been blessed okay today we have been blessed because honestly we are setting our eyes on the lord and i'm gonna tell you right now everybody's watching thank you once again for joining us more importantly though as this world seems to reject god more and more as you see people becoming more atheistic or more secular and maybe all of a sudden all around you you don't feel like anybody believes the same things that you do we got five words for you you know we always got five words for you keep calm and advent on keep looking to the coming of jesus he will not fail you Keep looking towards Jesus. We'll see you guys on the next conversation in Amen. two weeks. God bless. We'll see you soon.